What's up, Yankee fans? It's Greg back with another episode of Yankee Crazy Podcast. And the last episode was basically just a big Mariano Rivera fest. And I didn't listen back yet, but (laughs) I probably just said awesome and amazing and other adjectives to describe how great it was for Mariano to get in unanimously. And I really love all of these stories coming in about him and how awesome he of a guy he was and obviously the pitching and all the statistics and you know the really the thing that really resonates is his playoff experience to do that at such a high level and then intensify it in the playoffs is really spectacular because you know you're you're facing the best of the best in the major leagues and then you get to the playoffs and you are facing the best of the best in the major leagues so that that is just remarkable that he did that at such a high level and listening back to him and some of these interviews he just is such a humble guy and then they showed when they got when he got the call and they told him that he was unanimous and he was his family was super excited and he was super excited and that was great to see because he deserves it he is well deserved deserving of this accolade and the other guy going in Mike Messina a lot of his statistics are coming out now and it is he had a amazing career too you look at you look at his stats and man he was you know I remember him being a great pitcher and I remember him on Baltimore and I remember when the Yankees signed him and he really performed to a extremely high level for the Yankees and Baltimore too. A lot of people are saying I, I haven't read the the splits, but I guess his stats in Baltimore were even better than with the Yankees. And you know I can see that because he was younger, and you know he played with the Yankees obviously when he was older, and then up until when he retired. So you know there's going to be a little drop off on that. But you know that those 20 games he won in his last year. That is amazing, and I really wanted him to go another year because it's like when you when you win twenty games, you know that is you know such a such a milestone for a pitcher winning twenty twenty games, and for him to do that and then decide not to come back, I thought that was interesting, and maybe it was the grind. I know a lot of these guys sometimes say that. You know, when they get in their mind to retire and then reconsider, it's always the grind of a whole season. And and do they want to do that? And can they put that level of effort in again? So, not sure, but maybe that was a consideration of him. Because he had 270 wins, which is fantastic. And 300 is kind of that milestone marker for pitchers. But... 
if he would have pitched, let's say he would have pitched another year to get, maybe he would have gotten 15 wins or who knows, maybe even less. Let's just say 10 to go to 280. You know, that's a, a little bit of a difference, obviously. But either way, he is in the Hall of Fame. And another stat I saw was how well he pitched against the Red Sox. That was a really big uh, marker of how good he was because Yankees and Red Sox, obviously, big rivals, and that is in itself a whole event that uh, that it comes under much scrutiny and much press, and he handled it really well. I remember watching a Sunday night baseball game. I think it was a, maybe it was a Saturday. I remember being um, out at the beach on that, uh, you know, out on the island. We were at the beach that weekend, and watching that game against Boston, and he had, I don't know if it was a perfect game, but he had a no-hitter going, and I think he lost it in, I think he lost it like in the eighth, maybe, or maybe it was the, I don't know, it was late in the game, and I remember watching that with some buddies, and we were just edge of our seat, and thought he was going to pitch a no-hitter in Fenway, and unfortunately, I think it turned. I think it was only one hit. I think he gave up one hit. And I'm now that I'm thinking of it, did the Yankees end up losing that game? I don't know. I got to go back and check the facts on that. For some reason, I think it was like a, a no score, and to give up the hit, and then someone else came in. And lo- I'm not sure. I got to look that up. But it was just him losing that no hitter was really crushing because I I wanted him to get that really, really badly. But either way, you know, as a lot of people are also pointing out, he pitched in the American League East during the steroid era, and uh, the guy pitched amazing, amazing. So congrats to the Moose. And the big thing with him right now is they interviewed him and they asked what what hat is he going to go in? What team is he going to represent in Cooperstown? And he said he's not sure. And probably going to be a big debate on where, on, on what hat he should go in as. Should he wear the Orioles? And, you know, the thing about the statistics with the Yankees is he kind of hit a dip with the Yankees where... He was losing velocity on his fastball, and he had to reinvent himself to continue pitching. And that was a true mark of what a great pitcher he was. It's kind of like what CeCe Sabathia is doing now. So CeCe can't, you know, get up to, I don't know, what CeCe could throw in in his prime. 98, I think, he could get up to. And now he does not have that velocity on the fastball. I think he's probably, he's probably like at 91 or something like that if he, if he maxed out. But he has learned to pitch again and has had a renaissance in a way. And Messina did that too. He, was, he turned his dip around, I guess you could say. He uh, had, had that couple of like year or two maybe where he was not pitching spectacular and that was a transition time for him and he started mixing it up more 
with his fastballs and off speed. And I think he threw, pretty sure he threw a circle changeup, which if is can be a, a, an amazing pitch. You know, I talked about uh, my buddy who is a scout for the Blue Jays, and I was talking, and he was a major league pitcher, and I was talking with him, and I said, you know, we were just talking about pitching and 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 majors, and I said, uh, somehow it came up where I had talked to him about what pitch, what what was his best pitch, and or or what took his career off to to make it in the majors, and he said it was throwing a changeup, because he said anybody can, you know, if you have a uh, throw a fastball, anybody can basically throw a fastball and more people can throw off speed, but a changeup is more of a difficult pitch because, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to guess everybody listening is a baseball fan, but if you're not and you don't know the specifics on this, so the changeup, you are throwing it like a fastball, so you're supposed to be tricking a batter into th- seeing the ball your rotate your um your your you know your delivery that's the word I'm looking for <laughs> your delivery is exactly like your fastball but it's change up and it's coming in at a slower speed and as I when I said the circle grip Mike Messina would throw it where he would make a circle out of his thumb and uh what is it? What's that finger? What is your, your pointing finger? That's not your index finger, right? No. Is it? I don't know. Your you're, you're, you're first, your pointing finger, I'll call it. <laughs> the, the name's escaping me. But he would hold the ball like that, and it would look like a circle. If you do that with your thumb and your whatever finger, this, your next finger next to your thumb, you put that and you imagine that on a baseball and having those the, the, the points of those fingers together and then doing the same motion as a fastball and it just comes in slower and it's a super effective pitch because if you're throwing fastballs and then you mix it up with that change and the guy thinks you're throwing another fastball and the ball comes in a lot slower and you're way ahead of it and and out in front and you're you know it's, it's a big swing and miss pitch so that is a pitch that Messina started to rely on more in his off speed. And then with his fastball, he was really locating the fastball better. He was going all over the zone, and that was a big reason for him to turn that around and become a 20-game winner. So that is awesome. We are really stoked for Moose. I hope he goes in with a Yankee hat. I I guess... Obviously, being a Yankee fan, I just think of him as a Yankee. And, you know, I know he pitched in Baltimore, but I don't really remember. I don't really remember being like, oh, Mike Messina on Baltimore. Uh, Although, you know, Yankees did have those epic series against Baltimore back in the 90s. And uh, that was, those were, those were really good. You know, remember the, the uh, Jeffrey Mayer game where the kid who caught, I forget who's, uh, who hit the home run. Was it Jeter? Did Jeter hit the ball? Yeah, I think so. I think Jeter hit that home run into right field and the, uh, <laughs> I don't know who the guy is on the, the Orioles, 
but he like goes back to the warning track, puts his mitt up, and the kid sticks his hat out and catches Jeter's home run, and uh, the guy freaks out. I forget. Gotta find out who that guy was in right field. I can't remember, but that that was a big game. And I don't know if was that was that the same game that Bernie hit the walk off. Um, I'm not sure. I just I just remember being in in the stadium for that and going down the the uh, the the tunnels in Yankee Stadium on the way out that kind of like wound down. They were just these big concrete walkways and everybody going down and everybody yelling Bernie baseball chanting it. It was that was great. That was great. And they always always came up big against the Orioles and Orioles could just never do it against the Yankees. Yankees had their number. And Messina had to be part of those. Yeah, because that timing on that, I don't know when he came to the Yankees. He come in like, I don't know, 02 maybe? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but... The Moose. Hall of Famer. He can now call himself a Hall of Famer. I don't know how many years he's been on the ballot, but... If it's more than, if it's more than three, then I'm not sure. Although I think, I think I heard Tim Kirchin say that with Messina, he went up a lot. He started out in the, I don't know, did he say he started out in the 30s and went up? And he kind of was talking about that because of Clemens and Bonds and if they're going to get a big increase by next year, but I don't know. Some people say that they're not going to get enough of a bump to make it ever because a lot of people are just anti-PEDs no matter what. And there's some people who are, you know, the tide's kind of changing on it. And, you know, there's the argument that Barry Bonds and Clemens were Hall of Famers even before they started taking steroids and... That's, you know, that could be true. You know, you look at the statistics and all, but you can't dismiss that they actually did do it. And a lot of people think it tainted baseball. So I think that's a big reason why a lot of writers do not even want to check their names on the ballot. And then next year, Derek Jeter's going to be on the ballot. And, you know, some people, you know, the unanimous talk comes up, but... I don't see I see Derek Jeter going in as first ballot Hall of Famer, no doubt, no doubt on that. But I think now that he's with the Marlins, he a lot of there's a lot of anti Jeter sentiment because of some of the moves that he has made <clears throat> with the Marlins, and you know some of those front office things like. You know, changing the whole, some of his whole staff. And there was one scout who was on, he was out on, uh, I don't know what he had. He was ill with, he might, he might have even been recovering from cancer. And Jeter fired him, you know. And there's, there's mixed uh, reports on that, exactly how it went down. But I think that is a big thing that a lot of writers have attached to. And there's been some anti-Jeter articles written about his, uh, his stuff with the Marlins. So I think that is going to be a detractor for him. And I think he, he's got to get at least 
85%, I would say. If not, he should get more. But with all this, in light of all this other stuff, I think there could be some people who don't vote for him. And that's just going to be a shame. That, that's just a shame. He really should get at least 95% of the vote is what he should get. I know there's, there's going to be some people who, who claim, you know, some people claim he was overrated and this and that, but uh, that's just ridiculous. There is no denying how awesome Derek Jeter is and should be first ballot Hall of Famer. So that gets us down to how many days left in spring till spring training till pitchers and catchers report and i think with all this hall of fame stuff i i really did not check it but i think i think we're at 21 i can't verify that but 21 days oh my goodness 3 weeks 3 weeks till spring training and as i always say when i bring up spring training with our sponsor Isogenics. How are you guys doing on your spring training? Are you getting your health in shape? Do you need help with your nutrition? Well, if you do, go check out Isogenics, and you can check it out at staystoked.isogenics.com. It's S-T-A-Y-S-T-O-K-E-D dot I-S-A-G-E-N-I-X dot com. They have amazing nutrition systems. They have amazing individual products. You can get coaching through them, which is free. And it's a money-back guarantee. And they have a guarantee that you will lose 10 pounds in your first month. So that kind of goes hand-in-hand with the guarantee, but there's guarantees on everything there. So check it out. Great stuff. Protein shakes. That's my favorite thing. I have a protein shake every day, and a lot of their other products are amazing. So go check it out. Staystoked.isogenics.com. Get your spring training going now. Three weeks 21 days, Paul O'Neill days left <clears throat> till pitchers and catchers report. And the crazy thing to me, and it's kind of been crazy starting in January, I thought, that so many free agents are not signed. <clears throat> and Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are really, I see them as the holdups for everybody else getting signed because some team, well, I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of teams who are out on them, but they will be setting the the tone for salaries. And I, I can't believe that it's only three weeks away and they don't want to be fully settled in and booked. And I think, you know, there's a lot of talk, but that it's the owners colluding to not give out these big contracts. And that very well could be. There's supposedly this mystery team in for Machado. And some people think that Yankees are definitely out. Uh, I'm not sure. You know, who, who, nobody's sure. It's, there's so many different rumors. And who knows? Yankees could just swoop in and say, all right, let's bring in Bryce Harper. Or Manny Machado. Uh, you know, I don't see the Machado thing happening either, but... Crazier things have happened. But a big part of it is that the salary, when those guys went on, you know, there was crazy talk of Bryce Harper getting 35 to 40 million a year, which is that that's insane to be a jump up like that is pretty crazy. You know, that 30 million a year for Machado. 
seems to have gone down a little bit. And, you know, it, there's so many different rumors that you can't, you, nobody knows what's going on. And luckily with the Hall of Fame stuff, a lot of that has died down. Actually, even before the Hall of Fame uh, vote, uh, the uh, Hall of Fame decision, that it has rapidly dropped off because I think people are just sick of it, sick of talking about where these guys are going and finally realizing that nobody knows. Nobody knows. Just way too many rumors. So it'll be interesting when it does come out because there has been so such craziness behind this. And not sure if the Yankees are done. They have had some really great acquisitions in the offseason. And we'll see who else, if anybody, they're going to take. And we'll see where Bryce Harper and Manny Machado are going. But it's coming down to the wire. And if I was any of these guys, especially the guys who are the lower tier players, I'd want to know where I was going for spring training. And one interesting player that, uh, that signed was Nick Marcakis, and he had a renaissance last year. That, that seems to be like the word of the day. I think I've said it three times. <laughs> but he left the Orioles, and he was... Everybody thought he was kind of at the... And he is kind of at the back end of his career, but he played really well last year. And I don't know what he signed for last year with the Braves, but he wanted to go back to the Braves and he signed for, I think, $4 million. And a lot of people thought once that story came out, it was uh, a lot of people were saying, well, you know, Brett Gardner signed for, I think, $9 million this year. And people think that Yankees should have waited on him and got him for less. And could be, could be, that that could have been a smart move. But, you know, Brett Gardner has been a great Yankee and real leader on that team. So I think this is the Yankees' way of what they do to basically honor a player and say, you know, you've, you've been awesome for us, we appreciate you, and here's a nice contract. Because it is, that is a, a really nice contract for a guy who's not going to be an everyday player. But he will definitely be a contributor. I think he still has a lot left in him. And I think if he is in more of a reserve role and getting less playing time, he won't get tired. It seems to be like through his career, he gets tired by August. And I don't know if that's just giving even like he get that guy has grit and he gives so much to the game. He leaves it all out on the field, as they say. So, maybe that contributed to him kind of slowing down in August. So, now, if they can keep him on the bench a little bit and keep him as a a reserve outfielder and, and go out there. And, you know, the great thing is he can play center. He can play left. So, he can give guys some rest and still be a contributor, and I think that will leave him refreshed the whole season. So we'll see how that pans out, but we're stoked. Spring training, it's coming. It's almost here, and we're going to have all of your coverage that you need, all the stories 
and oh man, cannot wait, cannot wait. So we'll leave you with that, guys, and stay tuned. I'm sure there will be more breaking news coming very soon about those those big name free agents and some others. There's still a lot of guys out there, a lot of guys, and I can see the Yankees making maybe one or two maybe minor moves. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe adding another relief pitcher, although they just signed that guy, Danny Farquhar, Farquhar something like that, which I got to read that story about his uh, brain hemorrhage last year. Pretty incredible story that he is back in the major leagues right now. So I will check that out and let you know. All right, guys, that's it. Stay tuned and let's go Yankees.